With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to your Wednesday edition of the Arrowhead Drive. I'm Pete Sweeney. Let's start your morning with today's outlook on the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what you need to know for Wednesday, January 12th. Yeah, so that heel was sore after the game, and it's making a little progress the other way. So uh, we're, we're anticipating he's going to be okay uh, uh, to go. And he, he's another one that, you know, he wants to play every snappy can. So. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs enter wildcard weekend a little banged up as we continue to await the status on running back Clyde Edwards-Elair. The Chiefs do seem optimistic about Tyreek Hill. As you heard, he has a heel injury. And Daryl Williams' toe is coming along. Andy Reid did assure that Travis Kelsey should be fine for Sunday night's contest against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chiefs dominated the Steelers in Week 16 with a 36-10 victory at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs forced three turnovers in that matchup and sacked Big Ben twice. It was a dominating victory. This could, in all likelihood, be the final game of Ben Roethlisberger's career, so the Chiefs would be wise not to sleep on the Steelers. They could be playing for their quarterback in this one. While Big Ben has his limitations at this stage of his career as a passer, the Chiefs can expect Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh coaching staff to pull out all the stops and see if they can get an upset victory over the Chiefs to extend this future Hall of Famer's career for at least one more week. Yeah, he sure looked healthy yesterday, and I wouldn't slight 56 on the other side either. They've got good rusher, 97th Pro Bowler too, and big time player. Um, th- those guys are uh, that's a that's a healthy defensive front that, that can bring it. And Watt Watt is uh, one of the best in the business at it. So yes, I would tell you we need to uh, be aware of them. The biggest difference between that Week 16 matchup and Sunday's Wild Card Showdown is without a doubt the health of Steelers superstar pass rusher T.J. Watt. Watt was dealing with a ribs issue back in week 16 that seriously limited him in the week leading up to the game, and it kept him on a snap count in that matchup. In the Steelers' two games since, Watt has amassed five sacks, and he actually tied Michael Strahan's NFL single-season record at 22-and-a-half. A healthy Watt can change this game quite a bit in round two for the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line. The Steelers have won back-to-back since that loss to the Chiefs, and those wins largely came on the back of its defense, which secured them this playoff spot and a chance to give Big Ben this one last run. Yeah, well, I mean, think we're good teams we're playing, but we we can do better in those areas. The guys know that. I mean, they're they're the first ones to know if they've missed a tackle or not. So... um, the thing you do is you go back to your fundamentals and you just tune it up for the uh, for the playoffs and and make sure that you're you're right here. So um, when this game starts, so you go through listen, you go through highs and lows during the season, and you know we start off uh, both sides of the ball 
um, and specialty. We were just kind of cruising along there, not doing as well as, as where we thought we could be. And then we picked it up and, um, you know, you, you end up, I've mentioned this after the game, you get, it's a tough thing when you, when you've kind of clinched the uh, AFC West and then you got to finish it off with two games. You know, it's a, it's a weird dynamic um, to say the least, because you busted your tail to get that first step taken care of. And that's the AFC West. So, um, you know, so now you got, you got to get back and kind of retool some things, both sides of all and special teams and clean, clean some things up and, and, you know, we'll, we'll work on that this week. Just when we were feeling a little more confident in that Chiefs defense overall, they've slipped up a little bit here down the stretch. Obviously, the contest against the Cincinnati Bengals jumps out, but the Chiefs' run defense has quietly given up at least 130 yards on the ground in four of their final six regular season games. The only two games where they didn't give up huge chunks in the run game were against the Las Vegas Raiders and the Bengals in the game we just mentioned. Against the Raiders, the Chiefs dominated, so Las Vegas abandoned the run, and the Bengals, well, they chose to attack the Chiefs downfield in the passing game. The early season defense really struggled with tackling, and it seemed like that issue had been fixed during the season, but the Chiefs' missed tackles have really piled up over the last few weeks. The Pittsburgh offense can't push the ball down the field the way they used to, but rookie running back Najee Harris is an extremely talented player who rushed for 93 yards against the Chiefs in Week 16. While the Steelers' offense has been far from explosive this season, we'd like to see the Chiefs' defense step back into form as they look to survive and advance in these AFC playoffs. Yeah, well, he brought, he brought a positive, uh, uh, definitely positive attitude to our already positive group um, and, and that that senior leadership that you, you hear about. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time at a very high level. Um, and then he and Brendan Daly matching up together, I think, uh, just was was like a perfect fit. And so um, I don't want to slight Brendan on all this because uh, he's a fine football coach and does a does a really good job with that group. And, um, you know, we, we've brought guys in that have come from a little different situation when, you, you know, you, you got to make sure that they, they all kind of dance the same dance. And he's done good with that. And then Ingram fit right in there, man. I mean, he's and, and his attitude is he's very smart and his attitude is phenomenal. It's been discussed plenty since the trade deadline, but yeah, uh, the Steelers really did give up Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs for a six-round pick. Acquiring Ingram was a turning point in the season for the Chiefs' defense. The Steelers certainly don't regret that trade, moving a veteran who seemed unhappy in his role, but the Chiefs desperately needed Ingram to transform the pass rush. Now, there's been some debate about the true impact of Ingram since he became a Chief because it hasn't necessarily shown up in the stat sheet in terms of sack numbers, but any Chiefs fan who watches these games and watches these games intently notices the massive difference Ingram makes along the Chiefs' defensive front. Ingram's addition to the lineup moved Chris Jones back to the inside more where he belongs. Jones being inside has also improved the impact of Jaron Reed, and the extra attention given to Ingram has made Frank Clark a more impactful player as well. It's not really a debate here. Ingram has a case to be the most impactful midseason acquisition the Chiefs have ever made. Yeah, well, I tell you, um, they, they've done a nice job uh, of working through 
um, or getting familiar with one another. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's important. I, I like the production that we're getting. Um, we've got to step it up even another notch um, um, as, as we go here. So, but they've got, they're in the right frame of mind. I, I think Andy's done a nice job with them, just like Brendan Daly's done with the defensive line. I mean, I know they're veteran guys, but sometimes it's hard to get those old veteran guys together than as the other ones. But Brendan's done a great job with the defensive line. So, as you know, I, I'm, uh, I know how important it is um, when you get in the playoffs that those two groups are really are really playing. The Chiefs officially ended Lucas Niang's season by placing him on injured reserve last week. Mike Remmers is not expected to be available for the playoff run, so this once deep offensive line feels a little bit thinner than you'd like at this point in the year, especially after last season, but the Chiefs will make do with what they have. Andrew Wiley has done a nice job stepping into a starting role, and he'll obviously have a key matchup trying to slow down the likely defensive player of the year in T.J. Watt. The Chiefs' interior offensive line is ranked among the best in the NFL, and Orlando Brown Jr. has improved throughout the season. At the end of the day, you have to be pretty happy with the way this offensive line turned out after last year's disastrous Super Bowl loss. Drafting two elite interior offensive linemen from day one in the same draft certainly helps. Is the veteran guys that have been through it with us can tell the young guys because we we got uh, you know quite a few young kids that are playing right now and uh, all of a sudden they're they're into game eighteen here and going holy Toledo. I mean we, we we thought we had a long season at twelve, but you know uh, when I when they were playing college football, so it's. Um, um, I, I think that's a positive to know the speed of the game. I think is, you know, be able to share that with them as a port. You don't know until you get in there, but uh, for whatever reason, at each level you go up in the playoffs, the speed of the game picks up. I mean, that's just the urgency level is it's all single elimination. So the urgency level goes up. Um, but that, that's what I tell you. Yeah. The Chiefs playoff experience will no doubt play a factor as they look to keep their season going on Sunday. Over the last three years, Kansas City has played more big time games than any team in the NFL. With all the debate around the Chiefs down year, we'll see how that experience plays out on Sunday night against the Steelers. We still think this Chiefs team has another gear now that we're officially on to the NFL postseason and we'll cover that additional gear right here on the Arrowhead Drive. That's it for Wednesday, January 12th. If you like the Arrowhead Drive, please subscribe to the entire Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And while you're there, leave us a rating and a review. Coming up later today, it's the Great British Chief Show as the boys take their first look in about three weeks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. As for me, that's a wrap for now. I'm Pete Sweeney. We'll catch you on Red Friday for the next edition of the Arrowhead Drive.